Hello, and thank you for joining me on this podcast. I wanted to dive into the book of Micah today. And Micah gives us a great blueprint of what is happening right now in this transition that we're in as God is closing out this Pentecostal age, the church age that we've we've been enjoying for the last 2000 years as Christians multiplying to the ends of the earth. And there's been great wheat that has been produced. But right now, we're, since we're in the harvest season, the tares are being uh, revealed and God is allowing us to see where the church has gone wrong, what we've adopted that's not been of him and to separate ourselves from that so that we can enter into the plumb line of his truth and his way. And so as we're doing that, and we're in the process of that right now, he's preparing us for this next season or this next age or era called the tabernacles age or the millennium reign when Christ comes and he returns to the earth as king of kings and he is going to use his rulership to establish his righteousness, truth, and justice in the earth. And he's got a people that he's chosen to do that with. So let's um, go to chapter one. And I, I really want to just um, speak into this tabernacles uh, age because we are living right now in the week of the tabernacles. And it's important that we rehearse what God's word is, what he says, his promise to a people, and that we can really just meditate on that so that we are, our hearts are ready for what he's doing with us today. Verse, uh, chapter one, verse two, the Lord says, hear all you peoples, listen to earth and all that is in it. Let the Lord God be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. So often when God is about ready to do a new thing, there's darkness that has uh, covered the earth and it has it's a result of God's people choosing to adopt iniquity, choosing to adopt idolatry, and they're separating themselves from God. But the world, and they're doing that because the world has made choices to do that as well. And so as that multiplies, darkness and the evil starts uh, covering the earth. We're seeing that today. Are we not with the riots and um, the injustice and the babies that are, are being killed, you know, through abortion and we're seeing broken homes. And there's just so many choices that our government has made to keep God out of of, of this nation now, and we are reaping the consequences. And so there's a judgment that's coming in. Our nation affects the nations. It's because God prophesied it would in back in Genesis 48 and 49. That's for another study, but that's why there is a responsibility for this nation. And that's why God's finger is pressing down on her right now and why the trumpet is blowing, repent and turn to the Lord. So the Lord is saying in verse two of chapter one, he's telling the world, telling the peoples, now listen, he's like telling us to hear, listen, O earth, let the Lord God be a witness against you. So the truth is now being spoken, the pay, the truth is being coming out, judgments about ready to hit, and God is about ready to come from his holy temple. And for behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. So this is Jesus returning. He will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains will melt under him and the valleys will split like wax before the fire, like waters pour down a steep place. Well, this is great news for us as believers 
because we are seeing, uh, we're standing back and we're watching all these places of, of influence in government, in politics, in the church, where unrighteousness, uh, doing things that are evil, coming in alignment with evil, have permeated our society. And the mystery of Babylon is now being exposed where she's been doing her work underneath the scenes through businesses and government and politics and religion. And now it's coming up and it's coming out. And the Lord has to come back to put things in order under his headship. And why is the Lord coming here? First and foremost, it's for this reason, it says in, in verse five, all this for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. And so God is saying, you know, I, judgment comes to the church first because when Jesus left and he gave us the deposit of the Holy Spirit, he told us to go out and preach the good news. But we were also called to establish his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. And we've done some of that, but we haven't done all of that. And if we had been doing all of it, the church would be an influence in the, in the world right now in a greater capacity of governmental positions. And we would be able to subdue the enemy. And we our voice would be very loud. But that hasn't happened. So there's some tears that have happened in the church that got us to this place. And so that's what God's coming back for is for the church first. He wants to put the church in order. And there is things that the, have happened in this past 2000 years that have gone on with the church that God did not uproot the church because there was wheat that was being produced. But now that we're getting down to the harvest, it's very apparent that we've missed some things because we're a divided people. We have different doctrines. We have no voice in the culture right now that is influencing the next generation. So that's in verse six, God says, I will uncover her foundations. So this is what God's going to do. When the Lord says he's going to drop the plumb line, what he means by that is a plumb line is used to make sure that when they are building a foundation, that the foundation they're building upon is exact measurements and, and secure. And, and so it can only be that way if it's, if it's not crooked. And so God is trying to get every crooked place that we have come in alignment with out of our belief system and what we've, we've attached ourselves to and what we're doing. And so that's why the seriousness of the hour is right now, because we are in a time that God is starting to allow us to see, hey, you know what, that's not right. And now we have choices to make. Now, throughout history, in biblical history, when you're reading the Bible, a lot of times the prophets would go out and they would speak, but many people did not listen. And it's probably not going to be any different now, but there is going to be a remnant that will hear what God is saying. And as they hear, they'll shift. And as they shift, they will find themselves underneath God's protection. And as they're underneath God's protection, the judgment will pass over them. And then they will be used afterward to come out of it, arise out of it, and be used to help further the millennium reign that what Jesus is going to do when he comes here. So that is the in chapter one, that's God's wake up call. And he's telling us why he's waking us up. 
Now let's go to chapter two in Micah and we're going to verse 10. Now he's telling us here, arise and depart for this is not your rest. So he's saying, church, this isn't how it's supposed to look like. This isn't where I'm coming back for you in this, in this state that you're in, you can't rest here. So he's telling us to arise and depart from the things he's showing us in this hour that are false and deceitful and are not his ways. And so that was the first thing that he wants us to know. Then in verse 12, what he's going to do when we arise and we depart is he's going to do this. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I'm going to gather the remnant of Israel. I'm going to put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. So what God is going to do is he's got a strategy to take this remnant that have pretty much been isolated in the season past because God was sanctifying them, training them to listen to his voice, the shepherd's voice and what his ways were. And they had to be steadfast and strong in that, secure in that before he could connect them with the rest of the body, the rest of the remnant that were also secure in him as well, so that each one of those remnants would not shift out of the position of where they're at, because what they're called to do is so vital and so important, important that they cannot leave their position. They cannot mistake what God is saying. They cannot compromise what God is trying to tell them to do. And they can't um, start trying to be someone they're not. So that's what God's been doing with the remnant uh, this hour is he's trying to get them secure in their identity and their purpose of who God made them to be. And now he's starting to gather some of those remnant together in unity and he's going to put them together. And what's happening in this togetherness is that they're going to make a loud noise. Now we're in the decade of the voice, the pay of God. And so the noise that they're making is really a reflection of what God is saying in this hour, what Christ the head is saying to say. And so they're saying it. And so because they're so in tune with what the father is saying in this hour, the voice of the shepherd, they're all saying the same thing. So it's one voice and they're coming together. And then it says in verse 13, it says, the one who breaks open will come up before them. They are going to break out. They're going to pass through the gate. They're going to go out by it. And their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. So this is an exciting part of the scriptures because the remnant can't do this without the Lord's anointing him going before them and them coming right alongside of him or right behind him uh, and, and going out in this new anointing to break open or break out. So Joshua had that same thing. He could not move out until he heard the commander in chief. After he re received what the commander in chief told him to do and his strategy and received that anointing, then he went with the Lord 
and march forward and the Lord passed before him and he went into the word and did as instructed. And that's why the, he was able to break through the gates, even of Jericho. So that's exciting. And that's the new wineskin that's coming forward that we're getting prepared for. There's a responsibility there, as we see, that we need to really be listening to the voice of God and the shepherd's voice. And so God is trying to train our ears right now to hear his voice only, which is why the enemy is trying so hard to get us outside listening to all these different voices. And the Lord says in um, Micah 2 uh, or 3, he says, Now hear, O heads of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice? So now he's speaking to the whole body of Christ. And he's saying, now look, all of you have this opportunity, but we need to, we need to hate good and love I mean, you who hate good and love evil, God's saying that's not right. We're supposed to hate evil and love good. But somehow in our free, seeker-friendly uh, environment that we've produced right now, we are kind of calling it the opposite. We're hating good and we're loving evil. And so we need to shift. We need to change that. And so in chapter three, God is really speaking to the body of Christ and, and laying it out there, how we've just not done it right by, by mixing falsehoods and truth, appeasing, being intimidated to speak truth because we're afraid what people will think. Now in chapter four, God brings us back to why he's saying this because God's a father and he's chastising us, chastising us because he wants to get us back in right relationship with him because he wants to do something in the earth with him. That's what he wants. Wants, And it says in chapter four, now it shall come to pass in the latter days, the mountains of the Lord's house are going to be established on the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and the people are going to flow to it. And many nations can, can, shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He's going to judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They're going to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But everyone shall sit under his vine, under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all the people walk each of uh, each in the name of the of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. All of chapter four is about is this overall picture of the purpose of the millennium. And it's a picture also for us to understand if we're chosen to, to serve him in the millennium, how, what we're going to be doing with him. And we hear that Jesus has got government on his shoulders. We read, we read that in Isaiah 9. And that, hey, he's going to establish his government in every influential place in the nations. And all the people are going to see 
wow, his government is true and just and right. And it produces good. There's good that comes out of that. And love comes out of that as well. And all these things are peaceful, shalom peace. And it's going to resonate with people because right now, even in the earth right now, we are seeing so much chaos, destruction, and our insides are, are at war. Like we just know things aren't right. And so we can get anxiety and stress out of that. And that's not what God wants for us. But when we're underneath right rulership, then we can have, we can breathe a little bit and we can rest and relax knowing that there's a good thing that's happening and we can find security in that. And there's healing that comes forth from that. So the millennium is a time of rest. There are going to be increased rest because of right leadership and that shalom peace will be a product of that. So that's exciting. And in that day, says the Lord, I'm going to assemble the lame and I will gather the outcast and those who I have afflicted and I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. And this right here talks about this remnant that is forming in the earth right now. And we're going to work with the Lord when he reigns here on the earth. And they look like they they are lame according to the world standards, the church's standards. And they've actually been people that have been afflicted much. God's allowed them to be afflicted. Why? To strengthen their character, to teach them uh, God's ways. And they're learning obedience by the things that they're, they have suffered. So we, we see the 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 remnant right here that their purpose is for the Lord. Now let's go to chapter four in verse 13, because this is what the remnants called to do. In verse 13, it says, arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, and I will make your horn iron. So our first job right now is we got to wake up and we've got to listen to the voice of God. And we've got to move out on in action of what he's speaking to our spirit and to our hearts. And he is showing us things that we've got to get rid of. Relationships, doctrines, um, maybe business partner, partners that are, are not doing things legally. You know, he's he's telling us, thresh this, thresh us out. Things that are not of me, get rid of them. So that is a process of sanctification. Joshua could not go into the land until he sanctified himself. So this is the first thing that we need to do in ourselves right now is to sanctify. And verse um, uh, Micah chapter five, verse one is the second thing that he's calling us to do in this hour. He says, now gather yourself in troops, O daughters of troops. So he's in this hour, I believe that God is starting to let each person that is chosen to walk in this truth and lay their lives down to serve the king right now. And they're not going to compromise or fall into religious traditions, but they're, and they're going to, even as uncomfortable as it's going to be, even if they have to do it alone, they're going to follow the Lord at all costs. There's people that are like-minded and have that same spirit and that heart. 
that God is gathering together in this hour. And they're going to gather in probably homes. It's not going to be ginormous gatherings, but they're going to be gatherings of like-minded people. And God is going to draw them together with him at the head and them listening to his heart. And each one of those remnant that are called together have a piece of the puzzle to bring the full counsel or measure of God to help them either hear what heaven's saying or to go out and do what God is asking us to do at this time. So that's something that God is asking us to do right now. I, I refrain from saying like home church because we don't want to create a church structure in our homes where we have one person talking and the pastor and everyone comes underneath that person's authority and that structure looks just like the church right now because God's trying to rearrange that back into his structure or his foundation. And he's got a fivefold ministry and he's got, everyone is designed to have an important, relevant and respected gift that needs to come to the table. And everyone has a portion or a part that they need to contribute. And so it's the job of the apostle, the one that's calling the gathering and establishing it, to put himself down and lift other people up and pull that gift out of everybody so that everyone is is the reflection of Christ is coming out into that time and that gathering. And then, of course, the prophet will be there to bear witness uh, with the word. All right. So that so first we sanctify, second we gather, and then Micah 5.2 how are we gathering? I'm just, this is a confirmation of what I just said. Yet out of you shall come, come forth to me. So that's to me, meaning Christ, the one to be ruler in Israel, who's going forth are from of old and from everlasting. So we are not coming out of the church structure to come into these small corporate remnant gatherings where we're coming under man's covering again. That would be not the new wine. We are coming together underneath the Lord himself, his voice and his voice alone and his character and recognizing him in each other. So uh, verse three in chapter five, there, therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth and then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they shall abide for now. He shall be great to the ends of the earth and this one shall be peace. So I'm going to unpack this. So the remnant right now has been pregnant with this new wineskin that's about ready to birth. The remnant of this hour are also impregnant and interceding for this tabernacle age that is, about, is upon us right now. And we are expecting, we are expecting Jesus to come back as King of Kings. And the remnant cannot enter into the full authority or anointing of rulership until Christ the King returns. So they've been pregnant. But there's going to come a time when this remnant comes out of hiding 
and they're going to be they're going to rise and they're going to be birthed forward into the earth and in that they're going to have an anointing to speak and to be God's voice because it's his voice and to set the captives free and they're called to feed God's sheep that's what it says because God wants to heal the church and he's going to do so even in the re- in the millennium He's going to start establishing the church in his way. And so that all these body parts are going to start functioning together under one head. And because of that, we're going to see health and healing in the body of Christ as well. And there's going to be peace that's actually going to be reflected from this amazing, righteous leadership. And the earth is going to receive healing and peace. So this is so exciting if 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 I'm excited because I I am really hopeful that that I get to partake in this millennium reign to do this because don't we all want to just see um the beauty of what God really created the earth to be and the harm, harmonious community that we're supposed to live in that's going to be blessed and the nations that are all you know working together where there's no war I'm excited about that. All right. And let's see. So I want to now take us to one, the chapter six and God gives us three qualities as a part of the remnant, as we're preparing for this time, because the remnant hasn't necessarily birthed forward quite yet under this new wineskin, but she's getting prepared. And so in this sanctification time, in this gathering time and learning how to uh, be under his rulership, God says, these are the, these are the things I'm going to show you in verse, uh, chapter six, verse eight, he has shown you, oh man, what is good. So we're learning what's good, what's evil, and we're separating ourselves. And what does the Lord require of you who are called right now in this hour? Number one, here's a key to do justly. We're called to be a witness of God's justice. Number two, to love mercy, meaning we are called to judge things that are right and wrong. But out of that judgment, we pray, we intercede, we ask forgiveness, we forgive those that hurt us. And we ask for God's mercy to be poured out because that's what Christ himself alone did. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the heart of of the remnant in this hour. And number three, it's to walk humbly with the Lord God. So in saying that, I'm not saying a false humility that looks religious. It's more understanding, wow, my life is not my own and my ways are not, uh, I cannot do things my own ways. I've got to do them God's ways. And I need to listen. My life needs to be lined up with his voice and my hands need to be open for his service. And that is humility, where you really understand you cannot contribute anything unless you're submitted to his headship and then listening to what he wants you to do. That is what's going to be beautiful unto the Lord in this hour. So the three keys are do justly, number two, love mercy, and number three, walk humbly with your God. The last chapter of uh, Micah, verse uh, chapter seven, it completes this whole look of what God is doing. And it shares from his perspective and who he is. And it's so amazing 
what the words uh, say in verse 18. It says, who is God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. Who does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy? He will again have compassion on us and he will subdue our iniquities. It's amazing that God is so merciful and we will always fall short. The, you, you might be asking yourself right now, am I called to be a remnant? I don't think that I could even qualify. Well, we're not qualifying ourselves on our own merit. We're qualified because God chose us, a period. All we need to do to enter into the game plan is to listen to his voice and to honor and obey him. That's what he's asking us to do. So he's going to bring the increase and he's going to give us the revelation and the strength to be able to do so. His mercy is extended to us, which is amazing. And through the millennium, what he's going to do is he's going to cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. And he's going to give truth to Jacob, to the body of Christ, to all of the church and the mercy to Abraham, to Father Abraham, where our covenant was birthed um, so that we can enter into this amazing covenant that God perfected through Christ, which you swore to our fathers from days of old. And so we see that God is gracious and he is good and his mercy is endures forever and ever and is dripping out on us even today. And during this week of tabernacles, I just wanted to leave you with these thoughts. There is a remnant and you may be one that is called, if you're listening to this, I believe you are, called to listen to his voice, to hear him and to hear what he's saying in this hour, to take the time to separate yourself from things that the Holy Spirit's showing you that's not of me. And to be uncomfortable in that place that might be uh, uh, not, not accepted in this moment and run to the Lord and what he's saying and doing in this hour because he wants to use you and prepare you. And he wants to use you and the remnant that he's joining you with to help birth this process, this transition before we enter into the tabernacle's age. We are so close. It's exciting what's happening in the earth, but we got to stay close to the shepherd's voice. And so I bless you with the book of Micah today that God would speak to you and would show you uh, what he wants to speak to you in this hour so you could be prepared as we go into this tabernacle season that's ahead of us. God bless you.